Welcome to Season 4, Episode 21 of the Family Travel Australia podcast. We are Katie, Paul and Jasper from the Feel Good family. Join us as we explore this great country, Australia, its people, places and cultures. Welcome. Hello again. Okay, well before we get into this week's episode... We wanted to let you know that our podcasts are recorded normally about two weeks behind where we actually are. (laughs) So a little spoiler alert, but we are currently in Uluru. Right in the centre. Yes, the beautiful big red rock. It is absolutely stunning. Uh, And for now, we are currently... Not in lockdown, as is much of Australia, mm-hmm. uh, much of Northern Territory as well. Uh, so we wanted to let you know that so that as we talk about where we've been and how we've got here, that it doesn't seem a little bit strange that uh, every everything's in lockdown. So look, we will uh, keep navigating it as best we can and really wanted to send our thoughts to you and your family, wherever Mm -hmm. you are, whether that's in Australia or abroad, uh, and send you our feel-good vibes. We know how this can cause a lot of anxiety, can certainly cause a lot of worry and concern, and we haven't escaped that either. We have that little knot in our belly of uncertainty and hoping we're making right decisions and, you know, that we're always going to be looked after safe and well. But we are safe and well, and we hope that you are as well. Okay, so this week really commences our epic journey of almost 5,000 kilometres mm-hmm. from Adelaide to Darwin. Up the Explorer Way, straight up the centre of Australia. Amazing. Truly amazing. And a little change of plans for us to do this uh, as part of our lap year <laughs> to uh, turn it into a figure eight. But we do have good reason for that, and that will be in an upcoming episode for why our plans actually changed to do this. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, talk about an incredible time of the year to capture those winter months heading north, chasing the sun. Oh, yes. I'm I'm very happy to be chasing the sun. It has been quite chilly down here in Adelaide, so I'm looking forward to us making our way further north. Break out those shorts again, Dal. <laughs> Get the pins out. <laughs> so for the next six to eight weeks, uh, we will be doing quite a lot of kilometres. Uh, we will be getting off the Explorer Way. We're not doing really the traditional route. And that kicks off from our very first night. We actually head straight from Adelaide to Peterborough, uh, an incredible historic train town that was, in fact, the busiest train precinct in Australia in its day, taking in about 100 trains every day. It's hard to believe, really. It is. This little town was, I guess, what you'd call the intersection point Mm. for a lot of the railway lines that headed east-west, north-south. And 
it really brought life to Peterborough. And what I love is that they've preserved this important history so beautifully well for visitors to the town now, and that you can partake in a wonderful experience at their Steamtown Heritage Railway Centre. So if you are a train enthusiast or you have one on board, like we do, this is definitely a must-do if you are in this region of South Australia. It is really fantastic. And as you arrive into the town, you can really get a sense of that mid-1800s and really picture how bustling it would have been with some of the pubs and some of the older heritage buildings all still lining the streets. Our first stop was actually to the free dump and water station that is located just on the end of the main street as you're driving through town. And we were able to fill up our tanks here. Really fantastic. Yes, it was. And this is a bit of a first for us in that we decided not to stay at the caravan park in Peterborough, not for any other reason other than we wanted to give the free RV park that the town has provided to travellers a go because of its location. It is almost directly opposite the Steamtown Heritage Railway Centre, which meant we could stay hitched We were only overnighting, so we could literally walk the few hundred metres down to enjoy this nighttime experience. So filling up our tanks for free was fantastic. Although if you're after a bit of a giggle, be sure to watch our YouTube episode because uh, Paul had a little bit of a struggle with the hose. Yeah, let's just say that I uh, didn't quite judge the distance from the van water tank inlet to the hose that we were attached to. So it was quite a stretch, but we did it. We survived. So parking up on what is really in a very large old cricket oval with a dozen other vans. And very fortunately, because of the lay of land, the Hilux and the van were perfectly level. Yeah, it was amazing. That doesn't happen too often, but it was awesome. And being able to stay hitched just makes it so easy when you know you really are spending one night and we had plans to get going early the next morning. Okay, so we uh, were about to leave the van to head over for our night experience at Steamtown and the most torrential lightning thunderstorm passed overhead, causing uh, a little bit of a concern for Jasper. He got quite a fright, I think. Um, the, The rain on the roof was so loud that we couldn't hear each other. There was lightning and very, very frightening. We knew that it wasn't going to pass in time for us to make it, so we just grabbed the brolly because we were hitched up. We couldn't drive the Hilux, and off we went, weatherproof jackets, in the rain, through the puddles. As Kate mentioned, it was only a few hundred metres. We were pretty wet when we arrived at Steamtown. Yeah, look, it was certainly an adventure, and I think Jasper uh, loved and disliked it all at the same time. But we made it, and walking into the main reception area which also doubles as the town's visitor information centre, was awesome. It was heated and warm and there were lots of other wet bodies in there waiting for the experience to start. And I tell you what, it was magical from the first moment, wasn't it? Yes, it really was. It is a fully guided tour to start with. 
and the lovely lady took us through the main reception area. There's also a very large retail offering there into their main workshed for the trains. The lights all dimmed. Next minute, the train noises all started up. The steam was billowing out through the steam train's funnels. It was so exciting. The lights were flashing. Jasper was in his element. It was so exciting and it really set the tone for the rest of the night. It is still a fairly short experience. I think all in all, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. You head out through the main workshed. You walk for another 200 metres to what is the original turntable and enter onto a heritage carriage from 1928 where the seats are all turned to face parallel to the length of the train. So you're now facing, looking out through what is normally the windows of the train onto the entire turntable. There are trains of every era in each of the turntable sheds and then a light show commences. There's a beautiful music, the lights are all flashing and as they fade away, a screen has dropped down, a very large, almost drive-in size screen and projected onto there is this wonderful 45 to 50 minute presentation of the history of Peterborough and train service in Australia. It was really interesting and I think for the adults a great overview of the history as you said Paul. For the little ease, I think the time length was just enough. Mm. I think we're so lucky with Jasper at four and a half that he is so intrigued and is fascinated by anything and everything to do with trains that he he stays engaged as much as possible. Um, but I think if you had any younger children, you you would know that they would be getting a little bit restless. The experience itself commences at 7.30. So it is already becoming a later night for the Mm. little ones. Um, But all in all, just a wonderful presentation and representation of this town and its contribution to rail history in Australia, run by wonderful volunteers. And for $25 per adult to go and do this, it is a definite don't miss this. If you are in Peterborough, go and see this because it has been a professionally produced show and it is worthy of your time. Perfectly said. We absolutely love this. So it was a, a pretty good rest for us all that night after that experience. We were up early, already hitched. It was raining again and we decided to make our way next to another little heritage town called Corn, and that's Q-U-O-R-N, as we had been told about another light show. This one was award-winning and presented onto three very large old wheat silos. I really enjoyed the drive between Peterborough and Corn, and whilst it was a bit drizzly and rainy, it was a fairly easy drive. And pulling into Corn, it's such a quaint, again, another quaint little railway village in the region that is referred to as the Southern Flinders in South Australia. We chose to stay at the Corn Caravan Park. There are no free camps in the immediate area of corn. Uh, If you head further afield, half an hour to 45 minutes, there are 
camps available, but we wanted to stay right in close to the action. Again, we were only overnighting on our way heading further north, and we came specifically to see the Silo Light Show. What is fantastic about this park is, as you say, Katie, its location. You can literally walk out through the front boom gate, cross the road, cross the old railway tracks of the pitchy, richy railway, and be right there to take in this daily evening light show. Yeah, that's right, Paul, and that is exactly why we chose to stay right in town. Um, The caravan park is fantastic, by the way. It's this beautiful Australian bush setting, so it has a very lovely feel to it. The check-in experience was fantastic, welcoming, friendly faces uh, from memory. I think it was $35 a night. We had a great spot right beside a beautiful old gum tree. So all in all, definitely recommend staying here at the Corn Caravan Park. And then, as you said, over the train tracks to take in this silo light show. Now, we've been seeking out these silo art installations across our travels as much as we can, but we have not to date found something like this where the artwork is projected incredibly onto the silos. This is a free experience. It plays every single night, automated here in Corn, so that you can just meander down. We had people say to us, take your chairs down, you know, take some nibbles and a glass of wine and sit back and relax and really enjoy this experience. Look, we did take our chairs. It was a bit drizzly rain, so we we gave the cheese platter and the wine a miss, but we, we braved the rain, put on our rain jackets and sat out in the drizzle. It was fantastic. It is so well produced There is sound with the light show. It is a full narrated, probably our experience. That first covers off a welcome to country and some information about the traditional owners of this region. It then enters into the history of water and the pastoral line that was drawn across South Australia and how they survive with and without water. It then moved into a wonderful presentation on the CWA, the Country Women's Association, and the service that they have provided not only to the community, but to the servicemen and women during wartime and during Australia's inclusion in different wars around the world. It was so beautifully presented. We absolutely love this. It then finishes with a 15-minute presentation of all of the local artists in the area, including photographers, videographers, artists, paintings, you name it, all projected seamlessly onto these very large silos. I thought that was just a wonderful inclusion to acknowledge the local community as well. Yeah, you're right, Paul. And again, for such a small regional town, this experience is world-class in its own and something so unique that we have yet to come across anywhere else in Australia. So write corn down if you are making a list, add this one on your list as well. The town itself, the boys enjoyed a wonderful experience at the Pitchy Ritchie Railway Museum, which is right there at the train station. Unfortunately, the Pitchy Ritchie train was not operating whilst we were in corn. So we've marked that down as a 
try and do next time we're back in the region. But the boys had a great time exploring the museum. Jasper dressed up. They looked at lots of old train memorabilia. And after the light show, we headed across the road to the Transcontinental Hotel for a fantastic dinner beside their huge fireplace, which was roaring, thank goodness, because it was fairly cold, and just really enjoyed the service with a smile, great food in this wonderful village location. Yes, and a good tip here, Katie, was that we were told to make sure that we book at one of the two pubs for dinner, and I'm so glad that we did because they were fully booked, Mm. and probably because of the weather as well. There was a mix of tourists and locals alike all enjoying that wonderful experience. Yeah, it was certainly bustling, that's for sure. The next morning, we're up nice and early, hitched up the van, on our way to Glen Dambo, Now, that's making our way really into the the start of outback South Australia. Our first stop was via Port Augusta. It was very misty driving through that beautiful 40 kilometres. Oh, that was a great drive between Corn and Port Augusta. Yeah, it's stunning. It's it's really windy. It crosses under the Pichirichi Railway a number of times. And the landscape looks fantastic, particularly when it was so misty. Mm. It'd be nice to see it in full sun as yes. well. Uh, we drop and rolled Katie <laughs> to go and do our weekly shop which was great. We knew it was our last major township to really stock up and get our supplies together. And our first introduction really into a much larger Indigenous population at Port Augusta. So coming from the East Coast, that is also a contrast to what you'd normally Mm -hmm. see as far as community. They do have a very large and we're told award-winning Indigenous cultural centre there and that will have to be on our list for our return visit to South Australia as well. On our way to Glen Dambo for the night, we decided to stop and take in the experience of Woomera. Yes, and this is something that the boys absolutely loved and enjoyed doing together. I actually stayed in the vehicle and caught up on about half an hour's worth of work while Paul took Jasper to go and explore, gosh, the many rockets and missiles and aircraft that are on display for visitors to be able to get in and around and up close to. Yeah, it is really well presented. There are signage and uh, storytelling interp signs at every one of the rockets, the satellites, the debris, the aircraft, uh, supersonic jets, you name it, it's all there. And that is really fortunate because the museum was actually closed, which was a shame. But in saying that, we didn't feel like we missed out on anything because there are literally these two large parks uh, that are really only intersected by the main road that are full (laughs) of rockets and the history of Woomera as a prohibited area and a secure zone because of the rocket testing that has been happening here since the mid-1900s. And, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this the world's largest testing area? That is exactly right, yes. It, it is, and uh, it's still in operation is my understanding because as you're driving through this region, you're not actually allowed to leave the main road. There are rest stops for you if you, you know, 
need to take a minute, but you're not allowed it outside of those rest areas. You're not allowed to wander off the road. It is, uh, yeah, a secure area where I think if you did wander off the road, you might become a a testing target. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you look at the map of Australia and you see this area that is, as you say, restricted and it is marked out clearly on the map, it is a massive area and the highway basically runs straight through the middle of it. You are, of course, permitted to drive on the highway, but that's about it. Yeah, look, it was an interesting uh, moment for me as a dad watching Jasper with his supersonic jet arms running through all of the rockets and checking it all out and being an innocent four-year-old and really considering what it was like to be, you know, involved in flying a rocket to outer space. In fact, he said to me, oh, Dad, when I get older and I'm tall enough to drive a rocket, I'm going to launch one from here. And I said, oh, really? That's going to take a lot of more schooling. <laughs> and uh, and he said, no, I'm, he was really adamant in letting us know, no, I want to I launch a rocket. And he said, like Elon Musk. And I'm like, excellent, mate. Let's aim for Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, but not knowing really the devastation that comes with a lot of this testing as far as, you know, weapons of destruction and, and what it actually has done over time. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, you know, just to let him run and be a boy and enjoy his imagination with what he sees as the future of rocket flights. And uh, so, yeah, so hopefully it's a positive one. Mm. Well, an awesome experience for you guys to enjoy and again, it's such a unique experience for us on this trip around Australia. <laughs> yes, trip up the middle of Australia. <laughs> okay, so Glen Dambo was our, our resting place for the night. We decided to go here because, again, another traveller had said to us, they have got the most fabulous roadhouse and pub and you can park your van out the back and enjoy an incredible meal around their huge fireplace. So we're like, yes, let's get there. That's, you know, uh, still another 120-odd kilometres up the road, I think it was. We we arrived. It was blowing an absolute mm-hmm. gale. The headwind rocking the van for a good couple of hours as we took it fairly easy um, did make for an interesting, you know, few moments for me driving and towing. But we did arrive. We decided to stay in an unpowered part of the park. It really is just an open field, and mm-hmm. there's a few powered sites on that side, and then there's just. Free for all, yeah. It was freezing. Oh, gosh. We rugged up. We walked over to the pub, ready for that massive fire and a hearty meal. And bam, bam. Two things happened. Uh, As is the problem with a lot of outback stations and towns, they are having a lot of trouble getting staffing. So there was no chefs, no kitchen staff, no meals available. That's okay. We decided to cook something up in the van. Uh, and then the fireplace was basically completely blockaded by workmen. <laughs> and so no one else... Thawing out their little tushies, doll, they were. Oh, my gosh. No one else in the pub could even access any of the heat coming off this massive fire. And uh, my first response was like, oh, come on, guys, really? And then I thought, you know, as you said, Kate, these guys, if they had been out in, in that weather and how cold it was they're going to take a hell of a longer thaw out than any of us. So, yeah, good on them. Uh, we decided just to let Jasper have a, a couple of gold coins into one of the uh, arcade games that were there. Back to the van, 
a nice warm meal in our toasty diesel heated van. And uh, yeah, what was a great end really to a pretty full week, almost 700 kilometres of travel. Yes, it certainly has been a full and action-packed week and we're just buzzing about actually being on this road trip up through the centre of Australia and knowing what is coming up and what is ahead of us. We are all so excited. Look, if this week has been anything to go by, this next six to eight weeks of this journey is going to be awesome. Yes, and... As far as the YouTube channel goes and this week's episode, it is almost a 50-minute episode. So that's <laughs> twice the normal length of our YouTube show. So, yeah, if you want to really see some of the most incredible footage and the drone shots and the experience uh, with the vision to match, then check it out. It really is a wonderful episode. And, in fact, it is, uh, it's our, our fastest-growing episode to date on YouTube. Obviously, a lot of people keen to look at doing this travel through the centre of Australia. Mm. And, you know, you made me just think then, Paul, if you think you've seen the outback in whatever state, whether that's Queensland, New South Wales or South Australia, it is all so different and that has blown me away since we've been doing this journey. The South Australian outback is so unique and so different to the New South Wales and Queensland outback as well. So absolutely worth a watch to take in some of this landscape that is just breathtakingly vast and the colours of the earth and the vegetation are just spectacular, particularly from the drone footage that we've captured. Yes, absolutely love it and loving it. Okay, so next week we're going to be we're going to be bringing you Cuba Petey. <gasps> yeah, bring on Cuba Petey. Wow, what a different experience and place this was. It is going to be fabulous. For now, we'll say goodbye. Dream big, look after yourself, really do look after your family. And happy trails. Feel the journey, feel the love.